Yo, welcome back to the Return to Play podcast. I'm your host, Steven, the OTR. Been working my balls off lately in OT world. Danny is the co-host. He's a physical therapist. Let's start there. Danny, what do you got to say? Ready to go. I'm already I'm already in um in mid-season form right here. We just we actually just recorded the World Cup special, which we're probably gonna drop after this pod, so stay tuned for that. But yeah, I'm ready to go. I'm I'm, I'm all about all the different footballs right now. Uh it's about to get wild and crazy. I don't know how I'm going to manage my time. I am going to try to get out of work as soon as possible. I'm going to have to cut some minutes <laughs> and uh, and get to the World Cup. So I hate that it's on during the day, but I don't see how I can effectively like save watching these games for later. Like just getting to like a replay link of the game, I don't see how I can avoid knowing what happened in the game and like turning everything off and then you probably texting me too. <laughs> um, yeah, you're gonna have to block me for freaking hours. Yeah, so I'm just not even gonna try to, to, to do that. I am either going to watch it live or I'm not gonna watch it at all. I'll watch the highlights, you know, I'll watch like, you know, a condensed version of it probably. I'm going to try to do, uh, hopefully, uh, I don't know if you can find or if anyone out there can send us at return to play pod on Twitter. If there's like uh, some sort of recap show or something that might, you know, recap the day of games for me, that would be like a great thing to watch. At oh, the I'm end sure. I'm sure yeah. Fox is going to have something on FS1. They're going <laughs> to have a show you would for hope. sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you it's, would hope. It's, you, you know, on the 40 year old virgin when he calls Viagra because he's had a boner for four hours. <laughs> that's going to be having, having World Cup and NFL and college football on at the same time. They're going to be like, how much, of the, how much of the pill did you take? Oh, I, I haven't had any. <laughs> uh, too much football. You just had a boner for four hours. So you just, well, I figured I'd call. <laughs> We're also going to have to touch on moving from soccer. I think the rest of the show is going to be about the football and not the soccer. I do love Pat McAfee calling the World Cup the soccer Lombardi. That's brilliant. Shout out to him and that what they're doing there. Also, he mentioned, and I mentioned in the soccer special real quick, uh, Qatar's just a shithole bunch of slaves died to build stadiums real quickly. They should have never hosted the world cup or any sort of global event because it is a country in the middle of the desert that is impoverished and run by uh, tyrants. So I, it's going to be really interesting what the media coverage is going to be like. And if there's going to be like any, any fan videos, I think it's, I think it's going to be hard for people to maybe record um, what's going on in the streets of the, Qatar? The, the the Qatari nationals are not impoverished. It's a very oil wealthy country. The uh, the the millions upon millions of imported workers are are the impoverished. But but yes, it is a corrupt World Cup. Should never have been there. I'm gonna make the most of it. I do appreciate the 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 new culture exposure that we're going to get. You know, I think it's good good uh, representation for a. a 
you know, for children and people from that uh, part of the world who don't don't get exposure, you know, like this. I think I think it's you know for a for a Middle Eastern boy who loves soccer, I think this is you know just an amazing opportunity. The the World Cup in the winter is ridiculous. It's in in the middle of the of the world's soccer seasons, and you know lots of player injuries, lots well, of controversies to it. Lots of yeah, lots of controversies to it. But I'm gonna make the most of it. It's here. Nothing we can change. I'm not gonna let all the all the workers die in vain. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy it. Absolutely. Also, one last note on global uh, politics. I think that the Iranian stuff that they're actually not sentencing 14,000 people to death for protesting, and that is actually Western propaganda to try to encourage us to approve another war for the oil. So just kind of, you know, maybe keep a heads up. Do do a little fact-checking before you just say uh, – Fuck the Iranian government. Although they they still suck. Like they they still suck as like a government and a people. Um, yeah. Like the government, not the people. But like our government sucks. The Iranian government sucks. I I am intrigued to see how the uh, the social upheaval in Iran will affect them at the cup and how it will affect that USA Iran game. It'll certain uh, that's that's one you got to circle on your calendars. So let's get into NFL football, what we really, truly love and cherish. To start, the only piece of news we're going to touch on is Jeff Saturday somehow uh, won the football game as a head coach. And yes, I was correct. The play caller had never called plays for NFL or college either. So insane. That's insane that even a depleted Raiders team with a bad defense, bottom third defense, and you can't stop a head coach and an offensive coordinator their first time in in any sort of formal football setting outside of high school football is 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 fucking nuts. Uh, I, I don't know. That's that's just the point of the sport. That's it's too unpredictable. You shouldn't bet on it. And I know I didn't bet on it. I stayed away from that game, but. Any game. You just shouldn't bet on NFL football. It's terrible. Stick to college. What do you got on El Jefe Saturday and the Indianapolis Colts? Oh, uh, yeah. It's an interesting. Uh, certainly, a, a, I mean, they, they proved some, some critics wrong. I love how uh, uh, Ursay kind of got out there and was, you know, shitting on some people on, some, on Twitter. That was, that was hilarious. <laughs> it reminds me. It reminds me of uh, uh, Talladega Nights when he's like, "Yeah, who's retarded now?" <laughs> but it's funny how to see an owner, you know, owner, uh, take to uh, Twitter, kind of, kind of like Trump would. But uh, yeah, that so that was funny. We'll see if he can keep it rolling. But uh, I, I think I, I, I didn't write that there. I think that was just left over from last week. So I have nothing, nothing further to add. I like it. So let's move into the NFL injury news. That would be biggest news, Kyler Murray's hamstring still. Uh, Warzone 2, I was miscorrect saying last week that it came out last week. No, it comes out now. It comes out today, uh, Wednesday or Tuesday or whatever this week came out. So Warzone's hot on the streets. Kyler Murray questionable with a hamstring injury. He told reporters 
he's just going to see what his body tells him when he goes out to try to sprint today. So obviously he did that sprinting work and it doesn't sound like he hurt himself any further. So I would expect him to play, but the, the Cardinals are kind of a conundrum and a weird, a weird team right now, especially with hard knocks. I guess this does make hard knocks kind of interesting. I didn't watch it. I didn't plan on watching it, but maybe next week I will watch it for, uh, to see if they say anything about Kyler Murray here and, and what's going on. I don't have much of an update. I think he does play. It's a Monday night game in Mexico City. Cardinals season kind of on the line. Like if they lose here in this divisional game, like season's over, I would say. So what do you got on the Cardinals? Also, uh, Hollywood Brown, probably not going to be able to play this week. He said he's wanting to make sure he's fully recovered uh, before stepping back onto the field. So he is doubtful for this Sunday, but I would say high probability for next. He next has week. returned to practice, though, which is nice. But the Kyler Murray thing, I I think I've, I've been on record saying this before, but I, I truly think not only is that an absolutely horrible contract, but I think they are better off with Colt McCoy. Over the past two seasons, they're now 3-1. and one. The Cardinals are 3-1 and one with Colt McCoy at the helm, and he's looked... He's looked great. Um, I think Colt McCoy is a fantastic quarterback. Probably the one of the, I mean, certainly one of the best backup quarterbacks in the league. I think his career pans out much differently if he does not go to that dysfunctional Browns team and get beat up in his first couple of years. So Colt McCoy has looked fantastic in relief of Kyler Murray. Um, they consistently win with him. I think I think they're probably better off with with McCoy rather than a healthy Kyler Murray. So take that take that uh as you will. We'll see we'll see what happens this week. Baker Mayfield, uh it's first of all, how what are the odds that Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield and now PJ Walker all have high ankle sprains? Like that's just a stupid stat to even think about. But Baker Mayfield back in line to start this week, uh, don't touch him for any of your fantasy teams. He stinks. He's probably better than P.J. Walker, but uh, don't touch him. Yeah, Baker, historically not great as the weather and gets colder and the season progresses. He's had an on-off season where he is, at best, stunk mildly. So I would not touch Baker. He hasn't done anything in really the last, I don't know, 12 to 15 games played from him i don't think he's done anything to make me think i want to start him on a dfs lineup even as a flyer but that's exactly when he gets you when you when you fully count him out that's when he comes and throws freaking three touchdowns and and has you know 40 rushing yards so i still still an ice pack on on the baker he's a great quarterback against a good baltimore defense here who's used to playing against him yeah, he's used to playing against them back. So I guess that works both ways. But the, the Baltimore defense much better than Baker Mayfield. So moving on, nothing too hot in, in wide receiverville. News-wise, we got a couple heating pad guys for you later on. Wide receiver. We'll start with Juju. Juju got knocked the fuck out and didn't look pretty. Did the whole decor kit posture and... Yeah, tough for Juju. Love Juju. 
he's been exposing the Steelers coaching <laughs> in like every interview, every week, there's just a new line from Juju of like how great the coaching is over here in Kansas city. Yeah. No shit. Juju. We know. I don't want to get on another rant, but yeah, it is. I mean, it's alarming how many, something that like literally never happened until like the past several years, but like how alarming it is that every player, as soon as they leave, just starts bad mouthing the organization. It's like, not not necessarily bad mouthing is not the right word, but like saying like yeah like shit kind of some some of the shit kind of sucked. It low key sucks. <laughs> yeah. it low key sucks ass. Even, even like even like Ben on his podcast has has made some has raised some flags while trying to like re- basically respectfully trashing the organization and saying you know well so, things. Things are different now from when my career started. You know, people don't care about when people are all about me. You know, stuff, stuff, making making comments like that. So, definitely a dysfunctional organization. Not not the same Steelers football we're used to, unfortunately. Let's move on to. We somehow didn't talk about Juju at all, but that's okay. Jerry Judy did not practice again this week, or not again. He got hurt Sunday. What was that? Knee or an ankle? It was lower body. It was an ankle. Not a lot of details. I mean, they're saying he was in a boot. We'll undergo further testing. So uh, I'm not sure. Mild. I got mild from Mile High Report. So probably just a common ankle sprain, a lateral ankle sprain, not a not a high ankle. Ian Rappaport, um, mild ankle injury week to week. Yeah, so not, not quite as serious as uh, the other guy, Cooper Cup. Terrible, unfortunate, a, a completely unnecessary play, ridiculous. That's you know the kind of a result of the player safety rules and players going low. But this was a completely uncatchable ball, way over his head. Defender just dives at his ankle for literally no reason, gets his foot kind of clipped between the defender and the and the turf. Um, so a high ankle sprain for Cooper Cup. They underwent a tightrope surgery, which we've touched on previously in the podcast but basically basically with your high ankle sprain um you know as your it's the your foot gets turned to the outside and and pinned um the ligaments that get stretched there are very much more stronger than the lateral side of your ankle and your common ankle sprains so the damage usually happens high up the ankle um in between your your tibia and your fibula so they kind of actually get the two leg bones kind of get pulled apart and what that tightrope surgery does is exactly what it sounds. They, you know, drill a rope through your through your two bones to have them kind of pulled back and stabilized together. So he's on the IR. It's probably gonna, you know, the Rams aren't playing for anything. You're not gonna rush your star back to, you know, play on a four and ten team, so or a five and eleven team or whatever they may be at that point. So. Probably done for the year. Sucks for Cup. Sucks for your fantasy team. Sucks for my fantasy team. I got him in one of my leagues where I'm on the brink of the playoffs. So, devastating loss. Rams, probably one of the most disappointing post-Super Bowl seasons in in recent history. Got any, Got anything else on, on receivers? Well, just that I went very light on Cooper Cup in best ball, only on the notion that I didn't think him and – Matthew Stafford could repeat the same kind of season they did. So, but, and then it turns out I was right, but not, you know, I I expected them both to play 
And, and Cooper Cup was very good so far this year. He's still yeah. an outstanding top three receiver. I think it's him, Jefferson. Oh, top four, him, Jefferson, Hill, and Chase are all in that tier one category for me. Von Diggs. Von Diggs got to be in there too. But, I mean, those are all fantastic receivers. Yeah. The league I, I did – I, I I was I concur I knew like obviously he can't replicate that unreal season but the league I did take him in was a, is a full point PPR league and that was my justification oh, yeah. and obviously it was working out up until this point in that context too like if he would have fell to me like late first round somehow I obviously would have picked him up at a value but most of the time he was going like top five picks and, and that's uh that was too high of a price for me anyway. Now we're here, and I did pick up Van Jefferson in our league, and I think that's a he, – he'll be an okay guy down the stretch here, especially if there's some other injuries along the way at wide receiver for for opponents. You typically got to think most of the people in the playoff weeks are going to have two of the top uh, 12 to 15 wide receivers. So if a couple of those guys get down, go down – as well as it gets colder out too, you you might catch a lucky break with Je- Van Jefferson here on the on the low. Allen Robinson also someone to monitor. He was dropped in a lot of leagues, so you know check your check your league if you haven't. He's as disappointing as his season has been. He is wide receiver one now, so even if it's a disappointing offense, definitely somebody to monitor for the remainder of the year. High potential guy. Yeah, Rams are washed. Uh, they can't run the football much, much like the Steelers. Uh, well, not last week, but let's let's save that for uh, heating pad ice pack. Tight end Mark Andrews was limited at practice. I would assume he does suit up for this game, although it's the Panthers. Ravens are probably expecting to come in and and beat this team maybe without needing Mark Andrews. So, you know, I think if he does play, I think it would be on a snap count, and I think it would be an ice pack on all accounts. But, uh, you know, probably probably won't play just because of the inferior opponent. What do you got on him? I think, he'll, and I, me. I, I think he'll probably try to give it a go, but I don't know. I well, that's what I'm saying. They still have a a, a lively is um, comparable enough, so they could activate, have no problem activating him, and basically switch the snap count between lively and Mark Andrews typically, and just kind of get Mark Andrews in there for maybe one or two series uh, to see how it's going. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, monitor his practice status if he's if he practices all week. You know, I I think he'll give it a go, but um, and if he's in there. Ravens Ravens receiving threats are are dysfunctional right now so he's he's going to be the guy if he is in there I think but we'll we'll see keep an eye on his practice status throughout the week David yeah. Njoku still not practicing with his coming back from his high ankle sprain I I you know another one monitor his status throughout the week but if he's not practicing right now I think he'll probably sit out another week Yeah I definitely think he he will not be playing this week that is a especially the downgrade. snow game the snow game in buffalo you know are you going to rush him back for those weather conditions moving on the bills defense speaking of the bills defense is back to full health seemingly 
getting their safeties and defensive ends back from injury. I can't recall their names, but you know what I Jordan, mean. Jordan Poyer's back. Yeah. The secondary is banged up. Micah Hyde is is out for the season, which is a big loss. But the people that are coming back are back. So, Bills in the in the snow probably gonna probably gonna lock the Browns up. Well, I mean, the Cleveland, the snow might give Cleveland a chance just with uh just with the their ability to run the ball. That'll be an interesting game to see. That might be a if it's a if it is a huge blizzard like they're saying, I might sprinkle Browns to cover that. Browns to cover in the under. Probably, yeah, I do like I mean, that. That's an interesting pick, but it is weather dependent. I think the Bills need to establish their run game going into these winter months with the snow and the bad weather. They need to figure out how uh, Singletary can get the ball continually here and then sprinkle in Naheem Hines that they traded for and let Josh Allen maybe not have to make so many decisions and and limit his turnovers and and let him uh feed off of that run game. So and he can, he's he's part of the run game as well obviously. They need to just keep running him like this is your all-in season Bills. This is like the best you're going to get I feel like with the way cap is going and everybody you're going to have to sign here eventually. This is the year you still run the shit out of Josh Allen. And then, you know, as he's starting to wind down from his prime, which is still another three or four years here for sure, uh, then you start running him less and less and less. But I think this season, next season, you run the shit out of Josh Allen. That That's who he is. That's what makes him Josh Allen. Let's get down to, oh, and Minka Fitzpatrick, appendicitis. Appendectomy, probably another two weeks. They're hoping he can come oh. back Monday Night Football against the Colts. They're saying he's he's questionable and he's he's already started running. So we'll see. I mean, knowing Minka, he's going to want to be out there. I, I can't fathom him playing this week, but it looks like he's going to try. So that'll be it'll be interesting to see. I've re- I've read conflicting reports that that it's like a no way. Like he's, he's probably going to come back Monday night against the Colts just yeah. because of the risk of, that's, I mean, um, yeah, I, I, that's, I, that's what I would think, but so, but you're who saying, there's a chance. Yeah, there is a chance. And, and I think is a guy, like you said, that would die out on that football field. <laughs> so here we go. Steelers. Speaking of the Steelers, let's get into heating pad or ice pack. And that is Najee Harris had the best rushing game uh, of the season with 92 rush yards, ran the ball pretty effectively. Jalen Warren had some good runs too, but obviously Najee took some shots there yesterday or not yesterday on Sunday and especially a shot to the head where he was definitely got his bell rung and went in the blue tent, came back onto the field, but overall just, clearly took a beating on Sunday. So how do you think Najee responds in this uh, divisional matchup? I think he should. I mean, the the offense is starting to click a little bit better. Pickett, while he missed a lot of throws, didn't have the have the 19 turnovers like normal. You know, didn't didn't turn the ball over, and the offense moved the ball when, he, when he's not turning it over. Obviously, they're able to continue to possess the ball and get some points on the board. So I think that helps Najee. The the problem with Najee is he's not with the with the quarterback change, he's not getting the passing impact that he was last year. He had you know I think it was 70 plus catches last year. He's not hardly getting any targets in the in the receiving game. So 
that's that's the big I'm a I'm a ice pack as far as, you know, his fantasy value for you know, DFS stuff, especially in, in PPR systems, but but it is nice to see him, you know, getting some room to run and, and hitting the holes a little harder. I can't speak on what Matt Canada will do, but it's a divisional game in a cold month here, going to be a cold weather football game. You need to run the football. And I've heard so many people say when you have a, a limited quarterback, a rookie quarterback, you run the football, you establish the run, and then you throw it deep. So the defense has to guess either come up for the run or defend the deep pass. But unfortunately, we are not doing that. And maybe they're not calling that because they don't trust Kenny to throw deep balls. But no matter what the reason, if that's the case, then you should have just left Mitch in. Yeah, the whole thing's still a disaster, in my opinion, offensively. And we've got to hope that we can beat the Bengals 20-17 to 17 again. It's amazing, though, what a difference just the, the presence of TJ being out there. Like, oh, yeah, what a difference that makes. Fun. Even when he's not making the freak impact plays, like just him, he, just his presence out there is so elevating. That was, that was unbelievable uh, to see. Not right now. Not right now. But I would like to eventually have the conversation, maybe in the offseason we do this, who's going to go down as the better Steelers defender, Palomalu or Watt. That's for another day. Let's keep it moving to Gus Edwards Limited at practice. Obviously still no J.K. Dobbins, but Gus Edwards tried to come back a couple weeks ago in that night game. Didn't play after one series, I think two series, and then called it a day. So that he's got soft tissue injury, right? I think it's just yeah, just aggravated knee. Yeah. Um I'm a I'm a ice pack for for Gus. He needs to put an ice pack on his knee and you need to put an ice pack on your fantasy. Whether he plays or not, it's gonna be kind of like when, when Dobbins was was giving it a go and I was saying to ice pack him, it's gonna be a, a backfield by committee. They're not gonna none of these guys coming off an injury are gonna be the bell cow and, and you know, get the consistent touches that you want. So I'm not gonna play it. The Ravens Injury report is, I would say, the number one to watch this week with Andrews and Gus Edwards because if those guys are going to gear up to play, I think the Ravens have a shot at covering 13 points and being a good fantasy DFS play in tournaments because I don't think a lot of people will be on the Ravens. And without those two guys, I think their offense is already not very dynamic. I think without Mark Andrews especially, like it's basically – can the Panthers bottle up Lamar? And the Panthers have a, a decent enough defense that uh, they are capable of that. I don't know if they can or will, but they're capable of it. Might be an interesting game there to watch as well. Might be a little closer than the two touchdowns Vegas is suggesting. My, my apologies. I, I do want to say it is a, it is a hamstring injury for Gus Edwards. So so you were you were right there. It's uh, yeah. which it's is a very common. Yeah, very, very common, but a very common soft tissue injury in recovery from ACLs. So, yeah, I mean, still still a, a component of his ACL recovery. Yep, that's what we talk about when we say this person has, like, high chance of re-injury. We're not always necessarily saying that they are going to re have the same injury twice, but then all of those soft tissues, and muscles, ligaments, and joints above and below the affected joint or area are affected as well. And do not take kindly to high impact when trying to recover uh, a limb or an extremity. Let's finish up with Zeke. He's an extremity. Uh, never liked Zeke 
thought he was an asshole. Didn't like him on hard knocks either. Not an asshole. He's just like a weirdo. I don't like Ohio State, and I don't root for Zeke or the Cowboys. So Zeke's limited. He's very much proven that he did not deserve $30 million, but he has been affected by injuries, as most running backs are. It's kind of the Tony Pollard show in Dallas, and Zeke, I think, at best can reclaim a running back by committee role at this point. I think Tony Pollard's undeniable to at least play some series of so ice pack on the zeke man what do you got i fully concur zeke in his early years was fantastic underrated his his contribution as a three down back and in the past pro game and and all that was he was a fantastic back despite our our disdain for ohio state um but he is a shell of what he was in the end you know uh, the, the past couple years are not a fluke. He's just not that same caliber of player. Quality back, sure, but not that elite back. And it's the it's the Tony Pollard show now. They'd be they'd be silly to uh, Zeke's not going to be that bell cow anymore. And and Tony Pollard should be the the star of the show at this point. He's looked fantastic. Let's finish up with uh, some wide receivers quickly. Brandon Cooks did not practice due to a wrist injury, but also is obviously doesn't want to play for the Texans anymore. He's fucking over it. He was over it last year, but kind of grinned and bared it to try again this season. And obviously we all know how this season's gone. My, my, uh, my Texans plus over four and a half wins is dead dead in the ground, six feet under. Yeah, Texans. I wouldn't want to play for the Texans either. Brandon Cooks, ice pack him the rest of the year. Do you do you want to move on? Do you agree? I agree. Lots of ice packs this week. Tough uh, tough career for Brandon Cooks. Tough to be trapped yeah. in Houston right now. The, the one time he doesn't get traded. That dude's been traded so many times mm-hmm. in his career. But yeah, moving on. Chargers still banged up. Uh, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen both practicing but limited. Um I'm. Pr- I, I can't imagine Mike Williams as as bad as his high ankle sprain looked. Can't imagine him being back or being like significantly productive if he is. So I'm an ice pack. Um, Keenan Allen. He's he's had long enough to recover. So if he's active, I'd say you can comfortably start him. But I wouldn't. I'm a lukewarm pad. I'm not a heating pad. Yeah, I have Mike Williams in. The league I am doing the best in, I'm going to leave him on the bench, but that's because it's an eight-person league and I've got options. So if you're in a deeper 12-man league, you're probably going to want to play Mike Mike Williams or Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen's been practicing now for like two full weeks, maybe two and a half weeks. I think Keenan Allen has a better shot at getting uh, more targets, more snaps on Sunday than Mike Williams, who's a little bit more of a question mark just coming back to practice this week. So with all that said, that is our NFL injury report and takes. Follow us at Return to Play Pod on Twitter to hear more and read more about we actually don't tweet about injuries very often. <laughs> At we least not. Do. I mean, we get some. We, we do just not, just not in terms of like fantasy. Like this guy. When, when big injuries happen live during the primetime games, when everybody's watching, is probably when we're at our best. Of like, this yeah. is probably what happened. But it's tough. I mean, it's tough. You know, 
It's tough. When, I don't when eight be... games are on at the same time, you yeah. know, it's you, we don't always we're not always seeing it live, so we're always kind of scrambling to find that that info too. We're doing but our best, people. What we what oh. we got going on here? We got some good segments to get to. Well, it's World Cup week that takes us to draw of the week. Of course, we're going to have to take some World Cup games here. And you never quite know with the World Cup, highly unpredictable in these group stage games, uh, especially I think the first round is is obviously teams are still kind of getting used to the newness of being in Qatar in a foreign country and the pressure of the World Cup on these teams and on these players. A lot of new faces this year, I think, across the board. This first round here, um, let's see what next. Wednesday would be the twenty third. We gotta take you gotta take a game the twenty third or earlier. I got I got my game ready, so I'm I can I'm I think that we're gonna get started with the draw bright and early here. Uh, I like the opening game, Qatar Ecuador. I think there's a good chance that ends in a draw. Ecuador obviously the favorite, you know, on paper. Qatar likely the worst team in the tournament. I don't know how, I mean, I don't know how you can, you know, go through the opening ceremony, all that, all that pressure and pride of your, of your country and the World Cup being there. I don't know how you can go into that game and, and just take an L. So I, I do like Qatar with all that emotion to uh, get out of there with the draw, which is tough. I mean, obviously you, you, you never want to play the host in the opening game. That's a, that's a rough, a rough draw for, uh, for Ecuador, but I do like their chances to get out of the group in second place over Senegal with the with the injury to, to Sadio Mane. So I do like this Ecuador team, but I think I think the opening game they they only managed to draw. I am going to take Morocco and Croatia. I have Morocco to finish third in the group. So to really muck it up, there's going to be a draw in there, a one point for the table for each of these teams. That's a plus two twenty draw for you. Danny's is. Two to one. Even yeah, Morocco, Morocco to draw Croatia is two twenty. I would think that would at least be plus three hundred or something. That's kind of there are no well no because they're both Croatia is even money to win the game. Man, why are they so? You, I think they'd be a heavier favorite. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, France is the biggest. Oh no, uh, Spain is the biggest favorite of this first week at minus seven hundred to beat. Costa Rica. Yeah, Costa Rica got a miserable draw. I love I love watching watching Los Ticos, but you got Spain, Germany, and Japan, who's actually like not bad. Like Japan, this is a good Japan team, and they're gonna get spanked because they have freaking Spain and Germany. Yeah, Japan is well. Germany is minus two ten against Japan in the first game here. That's a plus three fifty draw. If you think Japan can hang around, maybe and and keep it evened up, but Germany's a, a shit brick house so germany probably still gonna beat japan but i know japan's on the up and up i think japan had a couple upset wins last world cup uh maybe they can pull it off again here this year japan almost beat they almost they had they were beating belgium in the knockout round two to two to oh and then lost three two in the in the waning seconds that was a one of the one of the toughest heartbreak games i've ever seen um, but yeah, so good uh, good segue here into our next segment, the LGBTQIA plus player of the week. Another tough week, tough decision, but I got to go back to the well, the, the LGBTQIA plus international player of the week, Carl Nassib, big win overseas for the Bucks. Only notched one tackle, but when you're in Deutschland, you, you, you put up any stats you can get. 
A big win for the Bucks to get back to 500, stay on top of the division. So I gotta, I gotta give it to my Penn State boy here, Carl Nassib, LGBTQIA plus player of the week. All right, that takes us to the greasy gambling picks. Last week, Danny and I went two and one. Jim one and two, taking that trap line cleveland plus three and a half losing big there then the saints is his lock terrible picks i should have just mushed you i should have i should have copied your titans pick like i wanted but i don't know why i went with the rams with the qb uncertainty and the titans almost fucked it up the rust through incomplete into the end zone jimmy leaving the door open for us to catch him here though i gotta ended my my terrible three get three week uh cold streak there though that's all that matters i'm ready ready to get back above 500 here back into the green why don't you start then okay yeah i I mean if it ain't broke don't fix it so i'm gonna go back to the well this is the line that's moving rapidly um but i like the steelers at home plus four and a half if they lose this game they're they're obviously more likely to you know they're not the favorite but if they lose it's gonna be like a field goal game i love them to cover this four and a half so that's my lock they're not a TJ being back, they're not gonna let Cincy bully him around. Um, no Jamar Chase for Cincy. I, I like I like Steelers Steelers plus four and a half here. Lock that in. And again, going back to the well, UConn came through big for me. I knew they'd keep it close. I can't believe they would win outright. Jim Mora doing amazing things down there. Got them bowl eligible. Playing Army plus ten and a half to Army. UConn nine and two against the spread. Make it ten and two. Lock that one in two. That's I got two locks this week. Why not? Because the UConn's hitting that one there. They're, they're going to make me 2-0 and when I bet on them. And then another one that I like, it's the week of the dogs. I got Illinois, plus 18. They're going to they're gonna cover here. This might be a little bit of a, a look-ahead game for Michigan. Um, but 18 points just seems seems a little too high. Illinois, all three of their losses have been, been one-score games. Um, you've got two teams here that like to possess the ball and slow the game down illinois team that's given up 12 points a game i don't i don't know if michigan's gonna have the ball to score enough points to cover this so i like illinois plus 18 but not certainly not to win outright i I think that sets up a perfect uh 11 and 0 showdown between osu michigan next week i like it let's move on to jimmy's picks jimmy is gonna try to bounce back into the win column after three weeks in a row of not having a winning column he has both new york teams here jets plus three and a half at patriots and giants plus three home against the detroit lions detroit lions coming off on a two-win streak trying to make it three giants are the better football team they're better coached they uh, have better skill play or not better skill players on offense you know saquon trumps anybody on the lines but swift is good i don't know that's a coin flip game that's a gross game to take just in general and then the jets everybody is on the jets 75 percent of the bets 82 percent of the money everyone's taking the jets they do have an elite defense Patriots struggling at quarterback, but damn, it's still Bill Belichick at home in a divisional game. Uh, I don't know. That's a tough one. I don't really like that. And then his, I don't like it because everyone's taking it too. Like that's, that doesn't sound right. His lock of the week. Another one I don't quite agree with. It's the Minnesota Vikings plus one and a half at home against the Dallas Cowboys. Vikings, miracle win. 
Cowboys disgusting fadeaway loss. Why are the Cowboys favorited in this game? The Vikings are are fucking eight and one and they're at home. So why are they plus one and a half? That means if they were in Dallas, this would be Dallas minus four and a half. I don't think that's uh, the right move because also 71% of the bets and money is on the Vikings. So everyone's taking the Vikings. They think it's it's like too obvious, like eight and one home dog against the, the Cowboys. It's been kind of struggling throughout the whole season. Cowboys got elite defense. Uh, give me the Cowboys, Jimmy. That's a bad pick. Those are bad picks, which means he'll probably go 3-0 and because every time I shit on his picks and truly think that his picks are shit and fade him, that, that's when he usually is winning. Uh, I don't see it, though. I don't see it for Jim. Let's get to my picks. I have, let me I, let me shit on Jim real quick. I think yeah. I, I do hate that Jets pick. I think – I don't know. Did You had it written Giants plus three, but it's minus three, so I don't know what, what you actually said, but I do want to clarify Giants minus three is the pick. Which I did like that pick. I just didn't take it because yeah. I didn't want to mush Saquon. But, but yeah, uh, the Vikings line does seem seem strange. Might be a little bit of a trap line there. But that Jets pick is is disgusting. This should not. They should not be. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it, which means it's gonna hit because that's a horrible pick. I don't know. All the public's on it too, and it's it looks like a trap. And the public is so far eating it up. So that is certainly the time when Bill Belichick strikes when everyone's counted him out. And that and that Patriots defense is is very good too. So the the total of that game is thirty eight and a half points. People seem to like that under as well. So. That'll be probably not a great game to watch. Not going to be on red zone a lot. I'm going to finish up with my three picks here. I've got two overs as my as my standard picks. That's Kansas State at West Virginia. West Virginia is a seven and a half point home dog. Love West Virginia at home as dogs all the time. That is not my pick though. The pick of this game is over 54 and a half points. It's a Big 12 matchup. Somewhat suspect West Virginia defense that they've uh, been known to kind of let let teams do what they want for half the game and then they kind of get with it. West Virginia, they're playing for a bowl game. They're playing to be bowl eligible. So I think the only way they're going to be able to compete with this Kansas State team is to also score points. It's over 54 and a half there. My other uh, over is in the NFL. That's the Chicago Bears at the Atlanta Falcons. It's getting cold outside. This game's in a nice new dome with fast-looking turf. Justin Fields is going to look like a rocket ship on the, that field. And then the, the Cordell Patterson on the other side against a very mediocre to bad uh, Browns, uh, Bears defense. So give me the over 49 and a half there. I love that pick and was going to make it my lock, but my lock is in college. It is the Charlotte 49ers at home against Louisiana Tech. Charlotte has a core group of four-year seniors. This is the last game they're going to play because neither of these teams are bowl eligible. They both freaking stink. So it, I, I should say it's the last home game. It's senior night in Charlotte. They are plus three home dog, more motivated due to the senior night factor. Uh, give me the Charlotte 49ers to win outright, but uh, for my lock is plus three. That is our greasy gambling picks any anything else to add danny before i give my bonus future here oh usa yep usa usa 
Okay, speaking of the U.S. of A. and uh, some of its great traditions, the Kentucky Derby's coming up before you know it, May 6th. The horses just ran their first qualifying race, so you can find some future bets out there if you look hard enough. My favorite horse, the only, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not taking any more futures after these two that I did. My favorite here is Arabian Night, that's night spelled K-N-I-G-H-T. Arabian Night at 20 to 1. The horse was bought for $2 million, won its first race by seven and a half horses lengths. If Arabian Night, uh, you know he's going to get good care and good training around him for a $2 million investment just for the horse. I think they'll put another, you know, million into his his prep. He's going to get good uh, prep. And if he keeps winning races by multiple horses lengths, he's got that 20 to one's going to turn into five to one real quick. So give me Arabian night with the value there at 20 to one. And then my other one, I don't like as much, but he is technically the fastest horse out of all the horses so far. And that hey, at 10 to one, he is the favorite currently at 10 to one. He is like two miles an hour faster than there's top speed or whatever. I don't know how they horse speed is like a weird metric it's not just they don't take the top speed they do that with like the distance and and all that it's a weird thing so he had two points of speed higher than arabian night uh but they were both very very fast and so arabian night to win the kentucky derby in five months love it it's a lock lock, lock of in. the future yeah is, so. is the horse is the horse arabian though or is that Cultural appropriation. Uh, well, the ho- I, I saw a picture of the horse. The horse is a fucking massive. It is. It uh, reminds me of American Pharaoh. Another another um, Middle Eastern reference there. So you know maybe they are cut from the same cloth. Let me find a picture of this horse. He looks like a mean son of a bitch, and he is from Kentucky. He right now on horseracingnation.com gives him a six out of 10 stars. So they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. He is a cult horse. Oh yeah. And the Colts are hot right now with Jeff Saturday. Oh yeah. I mean, it's all lining up trained by Bob Baffert. So he's probably doing some steroids too. So that's good. couple comments in the comment section on horseracingnation.com. Just wait for this freak. Purchased for $2.3 million. And I don't know. It's got a, some stat, of 97 for for it so i assume that's out of a hundred point scale so yeah i think this guy's a uh not even a dark horse he's just they don't know how to put odds on things yet and basically they give you these bets because you're locked in if the horse gets maybe had one good race so far and then so so you you're taking an inherent risk but you're also getting much much higher value than than the these will be come may Enjoy the last weekend of football before the World Cup madness starts and Thanksgiving next week. So we'll be recording next Wednesday, I'm sure. No matter what you end up doing here, make sure you stay healthy, America.